Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The NFL Draft is this week, and we'll let you know about the handful of Michigan prospects who could get selected. The basketball rosters continue to take shape. We've got the latest on the transfer portal. Meanwhile, the football program continues its success on the recruiting trail. That and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, April 25th. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start with the NFL draft. And you got to know what question I'm asking right away because I ask it every year. So I hope you got your number I, right. I'm, dev- I'm terrified of being wrong for a third straight year, but here we and go. We've got our over-under for number of Wolverines that will be drafted. Draft starts Thursday night, prime time, first round. Friday is then just the second or second and third? Friday would be second and third. Second and third, and then they finish it all up on Saturday? Correct. All right. Rest of it through seven rounds of drafting. Last year, how many Wolverines were taken? Just five? Just five. Just five. Okay. Uh, but in previous years, we've gotten up to double digits, I feel like. Um, this year, setting the over-under at... Six and a half. What do you got, Aaron McMahon and Ryan Zook? You want to go first? I'll go first. Uh, your number's uh, too low. I would have said it at seven and a half, so I'm going over six and a half. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say seven players get drafted, so I, I will also take the over. But I mean, it's I'm exposed, I was thinking about I'm exposed this yet again. Well, last uh, yeah, like year didn't. This- Last year, didn't you set the number when we thought we were we you, we thought it was low, but it still ended up going under because only five players players got drafted. And guys like Hinton and Hawkins and some other guys didn't get drafted that we thought were going to get selected. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I I don't remember what the number was last year. Um, I say usually when we do this, I think it usually sails over. Um, but I, I you know I I tend to think I have a good idea of this you know after spending several hours like pouring especially this morning I spent like four hours this morning and the story is up at mlive.com just a full breakdown of the Michigan guys eligible for the draft and where they're kind of projected and where they're sitting currently um, but I I do think Michigan should have should get seven guys drafted uh, this year and we'll probably get into at least this handful of them here 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 in a minute. Yeah, so I mean, my my thoughts, and I, I was going off of Aaron's, you know, post to a certain extent here, uh, was DJ here. Her here were my locks: DJ Turner, Mozzie Smith, Luke Schoonmaker, Olu Oluwatimi, Mike Morris, and Ryan Hayes. Now, calling a couple of those guys locks is maybe a stretch. Maybe there's only four locks there. And those last two I listed, maybe not locks, but I feel like they'll get drafted. Morris, just his size and uh, you know some of his production, at least last year. And then Hayes, just the reputation of Michigan's offensive line. I feel like he'll get he'll get drafted. Then I had you know there's anybody else, obviously. I I just that's where I draw the line. That Ronnie Bell, you know, does a team take a kicker and go with Jake Moody? Um, I mean, there were other names you had on there as well that I just you know, Joel Honigford or I don't know, Brad Robbins, someone like that. But I just don't think any of those guys are going to be drafted. But, you know, I thought maybe one of them could be. That's why I said it at six and a half. You're obviously a little more bullish on one of these, one or two of these guys. 
uh, yeah, than, than I am. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the list you gave, the six guys you mentioned. I, I do think it drafted. I would add Ronnie Bell to that list. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll go early. Probably you're looking at round six or seven. But I, I just got to think, you know, his, given his success at Michigan, the tape that's out there, he had a really impressive senior bowl. So I think a lot of NFL teams got it up close and, and kind of personal look at him. Um, now, does, do I think he's going to be a star at the next level? Probably not. Um, he's, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. He's, he's probably limited to being a slot receiver uh, at, the, at the NFL level. Now, the one area where I think he can make, do some damage and have some success is in special teams, reporting, you know, returning punts or kickoffs or whatever a team wants him to do. Um, but I would add him to the list, and that would be seven. Mm-hmm. And then I, I and then the one other kind of um, you know wild option card. here, yeah, yeah. Is, is wild card is Jake Moody. I, okay. I do think there's a, there's an avenue there for him to be drafted. Most consensus folks have him as a number two, I think, kicker available in this draft. Now they're not saying he's number one, but they think he's number two. So, um, but and we've talked about this in the past. Kickers are always uh, they're wild cards. You never know if they're going to be drafted. Um, if they're not going to be drafted, and it really goes for all special teams specialists. I mean, remember Cameron Cheeseman a few years ago, a long snapper got taken. And we, <laughs> I don't think we expected that. So it really comes down to like who's available at the time, what teams value and what they need. Because um, if, you know, if you get down around, you know, five, six, seven, and a team really needs a kicker and Moody's still there, or maybe they rated Moody ahead of whoever the number one kicker is, um, they go and get him. So I, I, I do think there's a chance at least that Jake Moody is taken. One of the biggest surprises for me, I was looking at some seven-round mock drafts today, and, and the one by NFL.com didn't have Mike Morris going at all. So I'm like, hmm. I mean, it's considering where he was at the end or midway through last year, I know he had the injuries late, and then he had a kind of a poor performance at the combine. But you would think that with his body type and his, I mean, in, in his production this past year without um, having anyone else kind of like – Aiden Hutchinson had Ojabo and, and vice versa, but like Morris didn't really have that, that second fiddle last year. And he still led the team in sacks in, in limited time or limited games because of injury. So I, I still think he probably gets drafted, but I was a little bit surprised where I've kind of seen him ranked in the last week or so. I know the athletic at him is a seventh round pick as well. So uh, a lot of, in the seven round round mocks, a lot of seventh round projections for these guys. So at that point, I'm like, all right, I'll say most of them get drafted, but there's probably not all going to get drafted. So that's kind of where I got th- uh, settled in on on seven picks. I, I feel like either Ronnie Bell, Hayes, Olu, um, Jake Moody, and Morris. I feel like two of those guys probably won't get, might not get drafted, and and we we get we did that uh, number of seven. So honestly, it's hard to predict these late rounds, but it's that's that's what I'm where my head is at at this point. You, you mentioned Mike Morrison. Can we talk about him for a second? Because I wrote about him, I think, last week at this point. Um, there's a lot of mis- mystique about him, like mystery about where he's going to end up. And, and Ryan, you brought up a great point because there are some folks that think he could go third round and there's some folks that think he could go late, like six or seven, like you said. Um, there's a point, I, I think, toward the end of last year, last season, where Mel Kuyper had Mike Morrison his first round. <laughs> now, obviously, it's it's a huge gap there in terms of you know time and, and everything else. But what really hurt Mike Morris was his performance at the combine because you you mentioned the season he had last year it was you know it was very productive. He was named Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year, 
Um, he looked good at times. He was, he was obviously injured in the final final few games, and that was kind of preventing him from playing uh, in the bowl game or he played in the bowl game and didn't do much. He didn't play in the Big Ten title game. So in the big games, he didn't play. Um, and then you throw in the 4.95 40-yard 40 40 dash at the combine, uh, 28.5-inch vertical, which isn't great, just a 22 rep on the bench. He just – he didn't test well. And I think that's really hurt his stock. And, you know, I, I asked uh, Mel Kuyper about Mike Morris like last month on, on a draft call. And, you know, he said straight up, he's like, I don't know. Most in most of these guys, he's got a grade for. Like he can tell you what round or which range, you know, they, they, they'll they go in. You know, they may not be a second round pick, but maybe they're a third or fourth round pick. He 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 thinks Mike Morris should go in here from round like three to six. He couldn't give me one. And I think that seems to be the consensus among most draft analysts at this point on Mike Morris, because the upside is you got this guy who is productive on the field. He can get to the quarterback and disrupt things in the passing game. And then you've got other folks saying, well, he's not as fast as he looks. He's not a real true edge rusher. He's too big to be. He's listed at 6'5", 275. He's not quick off the jump. Um, so maybe we're going to wait to draft him. So I'm he's probably going to be the most fascinating Michigan guy, I think, to, to watch this weekend. If you're an NFL team, though, you you would think that you would take into account more of his tape from the early early in last year and just base off and kind of look at his ceiling there and like, hey, look, look what this guy can do when he's healthy. I mean, obviously, we saw when he tried to come back late in the year. I mean, he just was he was a microcosm of himself. Like it was he had no explosion, could not get off blocks, um, and he didn't play much because I think you could see he was injured, and you have to wonder how if he was fully health, if, if he is even fully healthy at this point, but if you're an NFL team and you're like, Hey, if we can re- get him in the facility, get him back to a hundred percent, we got to like what he could potentially offer when he's healthy. Um, so yeah, it, it will be fascinating to see. And I just, I feel like he should be drafted, but seeing some of the the grades on him lately, it's like, Hmm, maybe, maybe he'll have to just latch on somewhere as a, as a free agent instead of uh, hearing his name called, but we'll see. Who's likely to be the, the top Wolverine draft. I think it's interesting because it's a team where the best players are, are back. Right. So it's like, you know, if you think about, you know, the stars of, of Michigan football last year, you know, I mean, it would have been easy two years ago to know Aiden Hutchinson, but like this year, right. I think if you just ask a casual Michigan fan, Hmm, who actually left that is that that, that would be the best and and who, who is that player this year probably it's really a toss-up there and there are two names here that i think could go first um dj turner uh, a name we've been hearing more and more during this draft process because of his combine performance he ran the 40-yard dash in 4.26 seconds best of the year best since like 20 uh 11 i think or something like that it was it was really really good uh he, he jumped to very 30 and a half inch vertical he tested exceptionally well and i think it really improved his draft stock from like a second to third rounder to a first or second rounder name has come up now in first round mocks um not consistently but we're starting to see more of it uh so it's either going to be him or mozzie smith who again has been a borderline first round prospect now for a couple of months uh, they like what they've seen on film from him, being that kind of nose tackle run stopper. Uh, but that's kind of where it ends for him, you know. That and that's where I think kind of separates him with him from the the other top defensive tackles in this draft, the Jalen Carters um, and and the like. So Nazi Smith or DJ Turner are going to be the first, probably the first, are definitely going to be one of the first names off the board. It's just a matter of what order. 
Um, I could see both of them being taken in the first round. I could see both of them being taken early in the second round. Um, I think the more likely scenario here is one of them is taking, taken late in the first, one taken early in the second. Um, if you have me put money down on it, I'm going to say DJ Turner just based off the speed and the ability and he was productive this past year. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if, if Mozzie Smith is. So to answer your question, DJ Turner and or Mozzie Smith, they're both could go in the first round. They both go in the second round. Yeah, talk about variance. I mean, literally, in a lot of mod drafts, both of those guys are projected anywhere from, I mean, just outside the top 20 to down. I've, I saw Turner or Smith in, in the 60s for, for one mock draft, too. So it's, it, 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 I don't know, it's it's tough to tell. I, I would have to probably go with Mozzie Smith just because I feel like he's more of a sure thing as far as, as someone who will be productive at least early, early on. I mean, he might not be as flashy as Turner later on, but you, you kind of know what you're getting in Mozzie Smith, a guy that can stop the run, plug the middle, um, it, it, Turner, you, you love his speed and, and that I'm sure will, will attract some attention from NFL teams, but there's, I think there's more question marks surrounding him with, as far as his size and how he'll, he'll hold up against some top receivers in the NFL. So it, 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 it could be 50, 50, but I guess at this point I'm leaning maybe a little bit more towards Mozzie. Getting back to uh, Jake Modi too. I mean, I looked, so one kicker taken last year. One year, one the year before, three the year before that, and then like four punters last year, one punter the year before, two punters the year before that. Some guys might be combo guys, I guess, but um, so I don't know. That's maybe more about who who those available players are, but you're not the top ranked kicker. I don't know. Hard to necessarily see you get drafted, but we'll we'll see. And he doesn't have that huge leg necessarily. He showed, he showed off a little more, you know, ability to, to hit from longer distances this past year. But um, I don't know. You got to really, really like a kicker to, to, to use a draft pick on draft pick on him, but we'll see. And Michigan has a streak of first round draft picks. Yes. I remember seeing that as well. What is that? Yeah. So I think four years straight now they've had a first round pick. Um, they had, in fact, two last year, as we all know, mm-hmm. they touched some decks and hills. So that is in jeopardy, I guess you could say. I don't, you know, it's mm-hmm. as we said, we, we don't know if either one of these guys will go in the first round. I can tell you for certain that none of the other Michigan guys have a shot getting in the first round. So yeah. you're looking at it's going to be Turner or Noah Smith or or nothing here that, on mm-hmm. uh, Thursday night. We can't talk NFL as well without talking about Aaron Rodgers to New York Jets oh. immediately elevating. The J-E-T-S has just, just, just two Super Bowl contenders and uh, relegating Ryan Zook's Green Bay Packers to and also ran in the NFC North. Hey, no, I it, it was it, it needed to happen. I'm, I'm ready to move on. Still not very high on Jordan Love, but hey, at least he can kind of see what, what he can do this year and, and then make a decision after that. So love that they moved up a couple spots in, in this year's draft and, and got mm-hmm. some extra draft capital. And I hope he plays like 66% of the snaps just so he can the Packers can get that first round pick next year too. But I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, he'll have a good team around him, but it also is New York and it is the Jets. So I, I don't know, maybe they'll find a way to kind of blow this thing and, and it'd be like the Broncos with Russell Wilson and it just blow up in their faces. But at least they didn't trade for trade as much away for uh for Rodgers as the as the Broncos did for Russ. Exactly. I mean, it's just it's been the missing piece for this franchise for for a while and last year they would have been a solid playoff team with even competent quarterback so to get a 
you know, MVP caliber guy is is huge. Just needs to be good for a few years. Don't 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 need to be pulling a Tom Brady and playing well <laughs> into your forties. Just two or three good years, and I think the trade will be will be viewed as a as a good one for the Jets. Uh all right. We got any other NFL draft stuff, or we can move on to some some hoops and recruiting and uh, yeah, some other Michigan news. We're good. All right, I here we go. Your basketball, I mean, I called it, I'm calling it a revolving door with the men's program. Uh, and, and the latest player to go out was Greg Glenn the third on Monday. Uh, if you're like, who is that again? I understand. He was a freshman. He only played in a few games, a total of 11 minutes. Uh, yeah, so that's like the trend now. You know, if you're, you know, he was a top, I think he was like 124 or something in the 24 seven composite in his recruiting class. Like if you're anywhere near, you know, four-star guy and you don't play as a freshman, more than likely you're gone. And that's, that's what's happening with him. So Greg Glenn, uh, you know, Florida native is in the, the heck is going on here. Sorry about that. It's in the portal. Uh, and yeah, it's been, like I said, there's the, the number, he is a third player to enter the portal from Michigan. Isaiah Barnes has already chosen a new school. Tulsa Hunter Dickinson, who has not yet, uh, is the third. They've lost two guys to the NBA, Kobe Bufkin and Jet Howard. Another one, Joey Baker could have maybe petitioned for another year. Well, he definitely could have petitioned for another year, whether he would have gotten it. I don't know, but he decided to go pro instead. Uh, and three players have come in through the transfer portal. And you just got to imagine there's more on the way, right? Because there's open scholarships. You don't want to leave those open. Uh, Jalen Llewellyn could fill one. Uh, he's the guy they brought in last year as a grad transfer, the point guard who got hurt early in the year. But then where else do you go? You know, do you try to sure up that center spot with another, another guy? Because uh, you only have one really right now. Uh, do you look for, you know, a, a kind of a true power forward type. There's a guy in Tennessee who would fit that mold who's in the portal right now. Um, you know, uh, you seem to have good depth on at, you know, the kind of the guard position. Now you kind of got those spots filled. So I, I don't know. Uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where they go, but I could see them bringing in another, another player or two um, and being a, being a transfer portal team, which is, you know, it, it could go that could go either way. I mean, there's no just like building a team through the high school ranks for the most part. Like I can give you examples. You had the final four last year, you know, San Diego State, um, you know, four key players uh, were transfers, including, you know, three that were in their first year with the program. Um, you know, Miami had a had a few. Uh, UConn had a few. Florida Atlantic had a few. Um, you know, Missouri had six guys who were in their first year in the program. As far as transfers, Kansas state had, uh, nine transfer eight or nine, um, including six in their first year. And, you know, Kansas state went to the elite eight, Missouri went from 12 and 21 to a, you know, NCAA tournament team. Um, but for every example like that, there's, there's one or two that it didn't work out for, uh, you know, Texas tech, Georgia, LSU, uh, Washington, Georgetown, like the list goes on of teams that brought in three, four, five, six, seven transfers and had really terrible seasons. So I don't know. Michigan starting from, you know, they're not trying to build this thing from the ground up. They had one one setback year where they didn't make the tournament this past year, trying to get back to it. Um, and yeah, they're they're they have to do it through the portal because they just they don't they don't have enough bodies otherwise. 
Yeah, it's the nature of the beast nowadays, right? When teams lose a lot of guys, you you either do it one or two ways: you bring in transfers, or you you wait it out with the with the high school recruiting classes, uh, and that tends to take a little bit longer, especially nowadays in college basketball, where you know it's it's one and done. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Jawan Howard really has no other choice, I and mean, you've got to kind of reload, re, re uh, reignite it, and, and see what happens. Um, it will be interesting, if that's for sure. Um, I want to know what what's the latest Hunter Dickinson? Where in the world is Hunter Dickinson these days? Do we do we know? Uh, Kentucky, uh, right now. Yep, Kansas. He's seen Kentucky. He already went to Maryland and Georgetown. So yeah, he's uh he's being wined and dined and going to the you know some of the top programs in the country, um and he'll have his pick and yeah you know, you'd think he's gonna see what Oscar Shibway does at Kentucky if if he comes back then there's really no need for Hunter to go there but Kansas is I mean he seems like the perfect just plug and play and you know that that program can be a national championship contender um you know Maryland Georgetown maybe not as much but. Uh, closer to home so uh yeah it'll be it'll be very interesting to see where he ends up um you know big 10 released its matchups at least for next season today men's basketball maryland does not come to michigan which is a just a travesty if somehow <laughs> dickinson ends up there but um yeah that's uh that's to be seen he's kind of kept it um somewhat quiet you know hasn't released any you know finalists or anything like that i mean i think you know what his finalists are they're the ones that he's visiting so um yeah uh you know no hasn't set a commitment date or anything like that he talks about it on his podcast you know once a week but that's about it so uh we wait and see but yeah the men's team continues to to add to the portal as does the women's team now um they've they've got three players coming in um you know as well so uh looking for reinforcements for them after um you know uh just to kind of keep the momentum going in that program but they they lose players you got you got to add because like Aaron said you know it's one of two ways to do it but like when you lose people prematurely you can't really fill it with recruiting right away I mean you're gonna have open spots then I mean Juwan can continue to look to 2024 but like the 2023 kids are already already spoken for so like if you want to, if you want to have a full roster this next season, it has to be through the portal. So, um, and they're getting they're getting mostly guys who who would be done with eligibility after this year, unless they want to use the COVID year. So it's not like they're getting you know freshmen in the portal that are that are you know going to be part of the program long term. That's not really what they're looking at here. They're looking at guys to come in and fill a need for for maybe one season and you know see how it works out. So um, yeah. Uh, Football recruiting. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think where we left off and and who's come in since then. But you know, Ryan, you probably have a better idea than than I do. What is the the latest with uh, Michigan football recruiting? Yeah, I mean, it's we're recording on Tuesday afternoon, and by the time you guys are listening to this, Michigan could ha- have uh, two new commits uh, in their twenty twenty four class. I mean, they already have a, a top three class right now, and. Um, one of them is uh, a four-star tight end from Rochester Adams, Brady Priestcorn. Um, a, yeah, top 60 guy who uh, would be a, a massive ad for, for them and also a, a four-star defensive lineman from Connecticut too. So they're expected to announce today. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about it next pod. I mean, I feel like with with the draw portal, the Michigan football portal transactions are probably the, the biggest thing going on at, at this point with the, with the football team. Yes. Well, absolutely. I mean, what is uh, 
it was it was somewhat it wasn't surprising necessarily necessarily to see some of the names that went in but just the timing of it i mean the you know the season ended obviously a, a while ago um you know maybe why now i think aaron you did remind me about the that the portal does close for a certain time reopen and will close again soon is that that's got to be part of it yeah portal reopened on april 15th it closes again on april 30th so okay. it actually opened reopened uh over a week ago and and at right away you didn't hear anything about michigan guys leaving so i thought maybe maybe they're going to be in the, in the clear this time and then you know yesterday rolls around monday and you, you hear the names um so and, and it got a little i think it got a little bit more surprising as the day went on um, the first name we got was aj henning obviously wide receiver um punt return specialist a guy who was obviously involved with the offense quite a bit the last couple of years um, was never really prolific um i think he was you can make the argument he's probably more he was probably a little bit more productive on the special team then than he was on the offense but nonetheless he is out the door um he was quickly followed up by safety rj moton who i think was a little bit of a surprise just because he is a starter. I mean, he started, I think, 15 games. He's been highly involved. Um, you know, he was involved. He, you know, he, was, he started the year last year as a safety. Um, the issue as it was as the, as the season progressed, he kind of fell out of favor and just kind of lost his role. Um, it essentially became a three-man rotation at safety. And then by the end of it, you know, by the end of the season, by the time the playoff rolled around, he was practicing with the linebackers and wasn't really playing at safety. Um, so it, it, it almost seems like he kind of lost his job. And keep in mind, Michigan just wrapped up spring practice, so these guys tend to know where they stand more so than they did coming in. Um, I got to think that the spot maybe just wasn't there for him. Uh, Rod Moore's back, Makari Page is back. We got a couple of younger guys, Keon Sab, that they they really like, and they're kind of um, Zeke Berry that are they're really progressing. Uh, so it, it just sounds like kind of a lost spot situation. And then the final one, who I thought at least was the most surprising, uh, linebacker Nakai Hill Green, who we spoke to mm -hmm. after the spring game. He just come back from injury after not playing at all last year for dealing with a soft tissue injury. Uh, practiced this spring, playing the spring game. Uh, talked about all the, the additions at the linebacker role and him being 100% healthy and getting ready to go. And then all of a sudden, he says he's transferring. Uh, not only did he announce that he was transferring last night, but he, he announced his destination within like an hour or two afterward. Uh, he's heading to Charlotte, where um, Biff Pogey is the head coach, former staffer. Um, he's got some, he was his, uh, Biff was his, his high school coach in Baltimore, St. Francis Academy. So there's an obvious connection right there. Uh, he's got a couple of other uh, former teammates there. Ryan Osborne, former analyst at Michigan, is now the defensive coordinator. A lot of Michigan connections there at Charlotte. Um, he's obviously going to get an opportunity to play right away. Probably will slip in there and be a starter immediately. So it makes sense. Um, just a little bit of surprise, given the fact that we've been talking about how deep the linebacker room was, how many guys we have there now, how, how healthy they were. Uh, he was expected to be a part of that. I mean, I don't know if he would necessarily have been a, 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 you know, a weekly starter, but he certainly would have, would have pushed for a, a starting role. Um, but nonetheless, Makai Hill Green is off the door now, too. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, none of those guys really surprised me too much. I guess Nakai a little bit just because, I mean, I, I did speak to him for quite a bit after the spring game, and he sounded really rejuvenated, rejuvenated, being healthy again. And a lot of the players spoke how much of a leader he has become, even when he was out last year because of injury. But uh, it, when, when he announced he was going to Charlotte, it's like, all right, that makes sense. I mean, he can re reunite with, with Biff, Biff Pogey there and, and probably play a ton there. He's probably going to be a, a key member of that defense. As far as Henning goes, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't transfer heading into last year. I mean, the, the writing was kind of on the wall for him after his uh, his sophomore season, too. I mean, he, he just didn't play much on offense. He never emerged as a down-the-field threat. I mean, 
I can't remember how many, I don't know if he caught any balls more than five yards down the field during his time at Michigan. He was more of a gimmicky type of guy on offense on those sweeps or reverses and stuff like that. Uh, it, his impact will be lost, felt on, on special teams a little bit, but I'm, I'm sure there's other guys on the team that could fill that role. And um, yeah, and, and Moten, I think after, he, I don't think, I was just looking at pro football focus. It says he didn't play any snaps in the TCU game, which kind of is like, all right, he only played 23 snaps against Purdue. His snap count really started to plummet late in the year as, as McCarty began to emerge and along with Rod Moore. So, and like Eric mentioned, there's, uh, there's some younger guys, highly recruited guys that got their feet wet a little bit last year and will probably be the surging up the depth chart and, and pushing for reserve roles this year. So my, why not go somewhere where you can play more and get a, established starting role before you head to the NFL draft after this year. So I, I doesn't surprise me. And I hope that personally, it kind of sucks that all three of those guys were pretty media friendly and, and gave some pretty good quotes and were kind of consistent guys in the media when, when they were healthy, but uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where they end up, but um, not, not, no surprises really to me. RJ was kind of caught in between positions on safety and linebackers. You saw it going back and forth. So he's in a, in a way he was out of position, kind of stuck, and he's just not a fit for the Michigan defense. So, you know, on, yeah, he was go. originally recruited to play Viper too. So, mm-hmm. right. Makes sense. All right. Well, we'll have uh, full coverage of all of this on mline.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.